Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week in Review podcast for the week of Friday, October 23rd. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the latest coronavirus news, including an outbreak in state government. We'll also cover various election odds and ends, including the Democrat Gazette's endorsement of Donald Trump, a Republican, a Republican House candidate who wants, or actually Senate candidate, who wants dressed up in a KKK robe, racist comments by French Hill, and more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Once again, I hear your roundup, and so much happens in a week, but five days ago seems like a year, you know? But anyway, go ahead. So uh, we'll start, as we always do, with the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Today, we're doing this on Friday, uh, we hit a new record. 1,337 new cases in, in 24 hours. Things are not getting better, and the hospitalizations are up, and we continue to have a death rate that's one of the top five, maybe top two highest in the country per capita. And the governor just says, please socially distance, but go to your football games because they're perfectly safe. So I I don't know. It's just it's really, you know, it's it's uh, Groundhog Day. It's the same story over and over again. Things are things are not getting better. They They seem to be getting worse. And all the doctors, if you believe doctors, say that winter's going to be worse still. And uh, there's, I guess, doubling of the number of school districts that are now red zone populations in terms of their case counts. And so, and as we just as we discussed earlier, the the red zone for Arkansas is far beyond what uh, national standards are. So right. And it's so in the, it's actually it's, it's actually even worse, right? Yeah, really bad. Well, so the governor uh, stopped doing his daily briefings uh, several weeks ago. Now sends out an email, and I think today was the first day that I've seen where he did not have some sort of positive spin on. <laughs> he he couldn't find a thing to work with today because it's all bad. Every respect, you. Know, He's basically following the Trump model, which is, you know, hoping the vaccine will arrive and and do something or hope herd immunity takes hold or something. But, you know, I just don't know where it's it's I mean, it just as somebody who's been home seven and a half months now and doesn't go out much at all. I mean, it 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 starts to wear on you. I mean, what just I mean, it is a mental kind of thing. I mean, I'm okay. My life's good, and, and I'm, I'm comfortable. I mean, I, 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 there's so many people that have it so much worse than I do. I don't want to sound poor, pitiful me, but it's really – and I think the emotional and thing is also important for a lot of people, which is when does it end? And we just don't really have any idea, certainly not in Arkansas. So the, the governor um, announced earlier in the week that he – wasn't exactly quarantining, but he was taking precautions because he'd been in a meeting with someone who later tested positive. Uh, we found out that several uh, cabinet secretaries tested positive. Yeah, it sounds like there might have been a super spreader event because they've been kind of cagey in how they've answered some of this. I think Missy Irvin, who tested positive, was in that meeting. I think it's a good possibility Jake Bleed, the budget director, was in that meeting. Don't know if Solomon Graves. The correction director was in the meeting, but he's positive. But there's also this sort of suggestion that maybe there are other people on the governor's staff 
certainly there are people who are exposed to some of these people. And so there's a quarantine situation. We've had at least one other legislator, one from the House. I guess two. Actually, I can't remember if we covered uh, Terry Rice last week or not, but there, there, there are about three more legislators. It's just uncertain. So they, they canceled committee hearings the rest of this week uh, in the legislature. They hope to start up next week. They're going to move people around and maybe have an overflow room for the public to come in and watch stuff on TV. They're going to have House committee meetings in Big Mac so they can spread out, and Senate committees will go to House committee rooms and spread out. But there's just no telling because we haven't stopped community spread. They, they can do those things, but people go home. They go to the restaurants. They go to the bars. They go to the country the, the clubs. They go to the football and basketball games. And until this state gets more serious about taking precautions, more people are going to get it. And then we have these bunch of numbnuts in the legislature that think it's all a hoax anyway. They think it's just the flu and masks are crazy and who needs them. You know, I, I went to, I, I took my wife to the post office this morning and I had to help her carry packages in and I got in and out as quick as I could, you know, and there was just some jackass in a motorcycle t-shirt just strolling in there without a mask and just didn't give a rat's behind about anybody else. And so, you know, that's what you're going to do. I mean, this is Arkansas. Uh, before we leave this behind, uh, the Democrat Gazette uh, did a Freedom of Information request with the health department to get a list of recommendations the health department had, had provided uh, the governor for ways he might deal with it, it deal with the increased spread. It included things like resuming daily briefings all the way to having a temporary shutdown of, of bars and, and uh, other um, public gatherings. And he just rejected it. Yeah, that was a pretty good list I got. And I, I finally tuned into one of his sessions this week. I, and I, I don't because it's just such a it's just such a hopeless task to get a straight answer out of him. And that was my experience, but we'd gotten Tuesday the copy of the White House Coronavirus Task Force report to the state. The governor won't release them, but the health department has to under the Freedom of Information Act. And it was a usual thing. We're in the red zone for new cases and in the in the second worst zone for positivity rate. And they made a lot of recommendations. And one of them was, as they said, I forget what the number was. I guess they're like, oh, at least 26 counties are in, are in the high risk area by their counts. And, and they said that those areas really ought to shut it down and they really should not have group gatherings and that gatherings should be limited only to family groups. And so I asked the governor in these 26 counties, do you really think we should be playing high school football? And he really just kissed off the question. He said, oh, we socially distance. We have great rules on that. He said, well, now the teams, but you know, but we, we're watching out for them carefully. And I'm, I'm sorry. That's just horseshit. You know, I mean. He just won't do it. He just wants to keep as much normal business going as possible to keep the money going and to keep people working and keep people in school. And that's just what they're going to do. I mean, the White House says 26 counties shouldn't be having group meetings. And, and the governor of Arkansas is more or less saying, screw them. My plan is working. That's why we're having record virus rates seven and a half months into the pandemic. All right, well, let's leave COVID there and, and move on to uh, the election. We're now less than two weeks away. 
Um, you broke some some big news this week, and uh, that's uh, about a Republican candidate in South Arkansas um, who's running against uh, longtime incumbent Democrat uh, State Senator Bruce Malik, uh, and he once dressed up in a KKK robe and terrorized uh, some high school classmates. Yeah, it was it was 20 years ago. He was at the Mississippi School for Math and Science. His name's Charles Beckham. He's a propane dealer in McNeil, Arkansas. And he and two buddies dressed up in, in what were apparently very well-made KKK outfits out of bed sheets, had insignias on them, and, you know, they had the hoods and the full works. And, you know, Mississippi has, has, has a rough racial history, and the black students there had the living bejesus scared out of him by it. And it's still a memory. And, and when word got around that he was running for the legislature, they tried to get the word out. And I, I think, frankly, a bunch of, I know some local outlets down in South Arkansas ignored it, but I finally got in touch with a bunch of them and they all told their story. And they also told me, and, and it was really, I'm really kind of glad it developed the way it developed. They told me not only did this happen and he was booted out of school, but his family filed a lawsuit to try and get him reinstated because they said what he'd done wasn't, didn't justify him being booted out of school, defended, wearing a KKK outfit is just a costume. Well, I, never, I tried not sufficiently, clearly, to find the court record. The Democrat Gazette, to their everlasting credit, John Moritz, followed up my story. They called him about it Tuesday after my story appeared, and this is what was wonderful. He said, it's baseless, it's false, it's disgusting that they've replaced. It's just the Democrats out to trash me. I mean, I had five named people, solid citizens. One of them was the doctor in, in the state of Washington. Happy to have their names attached to this. I had no doubt their story was true. It just rang true in any number of ways. But he told them, no, it was a lie. And they found the court record. And indeed, his family had filed suit in Hines County, Mississippi, to have the expulsion overturned, said that uh, it was just a costume thing. And, oh, maybe it was bad judgment, but he didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. So the Democrat had the delicious opportunity to go back and said, OK, you lied yesterday. What do you have to say now? And so he then had to say, oh, well, I'm a changed man and I meant no harm to anybody. And of course, I you know, reject the KK course. This is a guy was known as Bubba at the time. He drove around in a pickup with a Confederate flag on the back. The one, his girlfriend then, whom he's now married to, the student said, had curtains made out of Confederate flags in her dorm room, and despite having a black roommate. These black students, I mean, they remember these things. And, you know, that thing of white privilege, particularly in a racist setting like Mississippi or Arkansas, you might even really think, oh, this is just harmless fun wearing a Klan outfit and putting a Confederate flag up. <laughs> but the black students just simply don't see it that way. <laughs> Surprise. And so, the, the, but they also said something that I thought was very interesting. We had a long discussion, all, all these students. I Zoomed with four of them and spoke to one of them separately. And that was, they gave long, hard consideration to the fact that making public that he was a hardcore rebel idolater might be good for him and not bad for him. And that remains to be seen. Here's the deal. He's running against Bruce Malick, who's a conservative Democrat and, and anti-abortion, and, but is a solid, decent, respectable legislator. And this guy, Beckham, is nothing. He's got an R after his name and nothing else. 
and the governor wouldn't repudiate him, said he should still run for office. The Republican Party's still supporting him. <laughs> and after all this came out about the changed man, somebody sent me a copy of his latest mailer, and it's all about how Bruce Malick is in a party that has a black woman running for vice president. It's just the Obama race card all over. He's, he's blowing the racist dog whistle again. He hasn't a changed man. He's, just, he's the man he always was. <laughs> what he was then is the man he is now. And we probably spent too much time on Charles Beckham. But there's a lot. I mean, the bigger story of the election are these slimy Republican mailers. They're happening all over. I mean, they're just putting out garbage about people all over. Jed Duggar in Northwest Arkansas tried to make fun of Megan Godfrey by manipulating a picture of her wearing a tiara. Well, she was a homecoming queen at the University of Arkansas, and she was in a Razorback parade. Only somebody as dumb as Jed Duggar would try and make a bad thing out of the Razorback homecoming queen, but he did. And, uh, and, and to his ever everlasting credit, Republican Senator Jim Hendren called him out on it. They've, they've had other things like this all over. I can't remember. There's, there's several, several others like this, but it's, uh, but they, they, they have some thought that these mailers work and they're, they're kind of, they're kind of hidden from view unless somebody calls them out like the students from Mississippi did. And so I, I was grateful. And there was a particularly good story told in that episode to me by the doctor in Washington who was was in the process of coming out in high school. And people like Bubba Beckham recognized that and they taunted him and they made his life miserable. And he's now out and comfortable with his, his, his sexual identity. But he he remembers Beckham not only as a racist but also somebody who treated bullied him and treated him awfully as a as a gay young man and he said out of all the people I've known in all my life who are qualified for public service he's at the bottom of the list. <laughs> uh, so n- another kind of big piece of news uh, this week was the Democrat Gazette's uh, essentially endorsing Donald Trump, which puts them in. Uh, <laughs> In rare company, uh, only Sheldon Adelson's uh, Las Vegas newspaper. Uh, you know, they Trump. didn't even go this far against Hillary. They didn't endorse either Trump or Hillary in 2016. But they said, "Man, Trump, you got to you got to give him credit for everything he's accomplished." You know, a crappy Supreme Court and tax breaks for millionaires like Walter Hussman, the publisher of the Democrat Gazette, and you know, beating up on minorities and immigrants. And you get, what, what's not to love? But the really insulting thing was for them to say that, okay, some people may not like his personality. Well, you know, that it's just, I mean, it's stupefying to me because here's the deal. Donald Trump is a serial liar. Uh, he's treated immigrants cruelly. No matter what your view on immigrant policy is, he's separated families at the border. Uh, he has... Uh, mismanaged the COVID crisis, which has left people dead, hundreds of thousands of people dead. Uh, he's, he's done things that, that are separate from ideology. He is a detestable human being. This is not a personality issue. These are factual questions that you don't have to be Republican or Democrat to understand Donald Trump is a loathsome creature. And they endorsed him for president. And but, you know, that's just however, there was this interesting dichotomy that developed. And I don't know if you're planning to talk more about their other endorsements, but because they in Little Rock, they endorsed this anodyne slate of conservative Republicans for the legislature. Simply because they're anti-abortion and pro-charter school, that's that's the litmus test for them. But the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette uh, 
which has a separate editorial page, same owner, but has allowed freedom in its editorial policy, and it's in blood-red Republican land, northwest Arkansas, has endorsed, I think, three Democrats for, for state legislature, uh, four. Three of them are incumbents up there who've been very good legislators. And then a fourth one who's a, a, an African-American woman who's running for Senate in uh, up near Bentonville against really one of the most detestable human beings in the legislature, Bart Hester. And they did not endorse in the presidential race. They did not. I mean, I don't think they endorsed Biden, but they certainly didn't endorse Trump. And so so that was one saving grace for his operation. But what they did in Little Rock was just crazy. And they added insult to injury by doing a makeup after ignoring some some good candidates, one in the state legislature, Ashley Hudson, and two candidates for school board in Little Rock, uh, Bao Vang Dings and uh, Allie Nolan, said, well, these are really great candidates, you know, but we didn't endorse them because, you know, they had to endorse a white patriarchal candidate, for example, against Allie Nolan, whose, whose main qualifications, according to the editorial, was that his daddy and granddaddy had been elected officials. But then they followed it up today with this, really insulting yard long editorial that basically said you have to vote against anybody the little rock education association endorses because the union is shit and anybody they endorse must be shit too and that includes i mean whatever else you may feel about union representation and i think all the people the lrea has endorsed are, are, are open to it this is one of the, and you, you wrote a piece about it, the transformative nation of the school board. This lineup of potential school board members is fabulous. It's unbelievable. Allie Nolan, Ryan Davis, Balvang Ding. I mean, it, Greg Adams, uh, Vicki Hatter. The, these are qualified people and with good intentions who studied the issue. And the Democrat Gazette, among their endorsees, is a guy, as I say, number one, whose main qualification seems to be that getting elected runs in his family. Two, a guy who's facing a DWI charge. Three, a candidate who's had some money mismanagement on her jobs in her past. And then some others that just, that just what they have to recommend them is that they say what the Democrat wants them to say about charter schools and unions, I guess. I don't know. And pale, pale next to their opponents. That's I mean, and just, yeah, I mean, just the comparison is just, it's just not even close. And it's, it's really kind of sad. Of course, the, the thing that I keep pointing out, and I, I don't mean a mill, because, you know, there are some really, there's some really fine reporters at Democrat Gazette, and they still do some good work, and they have a big news staff. And I don't want to sound like this is a throwdown on all of them. This r story John Marks did on, Charles Beckham was, in the end, far better than mine, far deeper. Great job. Good work. Anyway, so, but the paper is down to 35,000 circulation. I mean, there are legislators that think the Democrat Gazette is something that it isn't anymore. It's not a quarter of a million circulation paper that goes to every crossroads in Arkansas. It's, uh, and the irony of their endorsement scheme is, is that the biggest portion of their circulation in the regular Democrat Gazette is in Pulaski County. In Pulaski County, and the readers are, I guarantee you, trend old. <laughs> they, like me, they're old people. And they're accustomed to reading the paper, so they're still subscribing. And they're in a county that is going to vote heavily for, for Joe Biden and vote heavily for Joyce Elliott for Congress, neither of whom going to get their endorsement. And unless I'm disappointed, 
and we're just going to have to see. And, and I, I don't want to get too hopeful because you just never know. And this, we're going to vote on school board in a presidential election. There are going to be a lot of people that don't know from anything about these candidates. However, they don't read the newspaper either. So it's going to be see, interesting to see how they turn out. But all of the candidates that I like best in this race, in the school board races, and in several of these legislative races, uh, are working real hard and seem to have grassroots organizations. And I'm really hoping that there's going to be, I don't think the vote will be a repudiation of the Democratic Gazette, because as I say, I don't think most people know who they endorse. But I, I think that they're going to see a lot of losers. And they should. And one that came up today that I wrote about is this firefighter. He's now a political director for the Professional Firefighter Association, Matthew Stallings, former Little Rock firefighter, announced the run because he said we needed a working person in the legislature. And he's running against just this oily former TV guy, Carlton Wayne, who's been elected to office almost solely on PAC money all his career. Matthew Stallings has these campaign contribution reports that are full of people who have given him $13, dozens and dozens of people. He's just, I mean, he's a blue collar guy. But the thing he did in the legislature is he set out on a two year mission and with the help of uh, Nicole Clowney of Fayetteville to pass a bill that would ensure that firefighters who got cancer on the job would continue to have sick pay to cover their cancer treatment. It was, it was done after one of his fellow firefighters who died of colon cancer, still working because his sick pay had run out. And he was working sick because he no longer had sick pay. The Republican Party of Arkansas put out a, a flyer saying Carlton Wing was primarily responsible for this legislation, which is, I mean, I won't call it a lie, but I, he was a sponsor of the bill. He worked on it. And he really, he really didn't back off from it. He's put out a video after Car Matthew Stallings put out this video just breaking down talking about and how he had vowed not to make this a part of his campaign and use the guy's name and talk about the legislation and his and his campaign stuff has not mentioned that bill specifically and just breaking down talking about it and i thought th this is and it was kind of like jed duggar and, and megan godfrey you know i mean there's some people that have class and some people who don't and and i'm just afraid an R after your name may overrule the utter lack of class on so many of these candidates, whether it's a KKK or a liar or a racist or Jed Duggar or who. But we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll have some surprises November 3rd if the turnout is as big as people think it may be and if it's being driven by people trying to defeat Donald Trump. Well, one, one last thing before we leave it behind. Uh, on Sunday, uh, a feature on the second district race between French Hill and <laughs> and French Hill said, you know, my opponent wins. The first thing she will do is join the Congressional Black Caucus. I, I, when I read that, I turned to my wife. I was like, can you believe this? Like, this Un is unbelievable. You know, so he, he might as well run an ad and say, in case you missed it, my opponent is a Negro. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was, and, and, and it was classic white, clueless Republican privilege that it didn't even strike, that he would just say that out of his mouth as if, well, of course, everybody understands. You know, I mean, if you're in a Congressional Black Caucus, I mean, damn. And, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit to Joyce Elliott's uh, campaign manager about this, and we were just kind of remarking about it. And he said something 
I said, you know, I guess you discovered your candidates is an African-American. And he laughed and, and he said, but, you know, and they have done this. Look at her commercials. I mean, it is her full face in the camera and just about every version of her ads. I mean, I, I mean. I mean, I don't want to say they're not hiding her race, but they're not hiding her race. I mean, she is Joyce Elliott. And, you know, and they ought to have French Hill ads and show him with a corn cob up his rear. I mean, he's just such a starchy millionaire banker, insufferable. And Joyce is Joyce, you know, and she's she's run a brilliant ad campaign that has largely emphasized the positive. She's had some packed people hitting French with some negative advertising, but hers has been about being better people, you know, and, and I, I think that's part of the reason that every poll, apparently the internal and the one public poll that's been done just show this as a dead heat. And I think it's going to come down to turnout, whether she can carve a few percentage points out of Celine and Faulkner County, she won't win, but if she can move 3% of the vote there, if there are suburban women who take their unhappiness with Donald Trump down ballot to people like French Hill, who who's, has one of the most Trump supportive voting records in Congress, well, maybe she has a shot. They've got one last, not exactly joint appearance, but they're one on one interviews with Steve Barnes on PBS tonight. If, depending on where you hear this, I think it's going to be shown at seven o'clock on Arkansas PBS. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Joyce Elliott did fine. They're not going to be debating, but uh, you'll get one last round of them. Uh, I noticed that French Hill last week ran an ad with his daughter trying to show a feel-good side after just, you know, just weeks of just trashing Joyce Elliott. I, I just don't think this was the year, at least among women voters for sure, among white men maybe not, uh, to trash a female candidate unrelentingly as he's done. And, and dishonestly, too, I have to say, in a number of ways. All right, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What you got this week? Well, all I, all I got is more election. Now, for those people who are looking for a place to vote early in Pulaski County anyway, I can't give any advice outside of that. I was an Arkansas go-getter this week. I drove my wife down to a polling place, and then I went and picked her up. And uh, we decided that mid-afternoon at the county administration building at 3rd and Broadway, was the best bet for a variety of reasons. And she was in and out in under five minutes. Wow. And there was no line. And they have, I think, the biggest number of voter stations there. I think the Election Commission has done a good job of training its workers. And they have a number. And it went great. And so I'd say mid-afternoon, downtown, and we afterwards, we just since I was in my car and decided to kill some time, we drove by three other early voting sites, Sue Cowan Williams live, uh, at Dunbar, uh, the Children's Library, uh, the Hillary Clinton Library near the zoo, and also the Fletcher Library branch by uh, Forest, Forest Heights. And there were lines at all three of those places outside, out the door. Part of the problem there is they're smaller quarters. I mean, they don't have that much room inside. And so, and I later talked to some people that said the Fletcher Library line was about a third, only about a 30 minute wait. But, but, in, I, you know, I, I hate to sound nuts, but in this time, health is a priority, you know, and I don't want to be in enclosed places long. 
and my wife's a little more brave than I am. But uh, anyway, we had a good experience. So go downtown. Okay, that's good. I haven't oh, voted. Oh, but 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 let me add one more French Hill slam. He put a picture on Instagram today encouraging people to get out and vote. And he said, don't let illness stop you from going to the polls election day. In the middle of a got D pandemic, he said, don't let illness stop you from going to vote. So let's have a super spreader event at the polls. Thank you, French Hill. (laughs) Let me endorse Joyce Elliott. If it's not clear, I've already done that. Uh, I want to endorse the Netflix show Unorthodox. did, have you endorsed it before? What's I'm terrible with titles. I, I've got a I've got a learning so effect on titles. What, what's a, it about? It's a limited series uh, about uh, a woman from an Orthodox Jewish community in Williamsburg. Oh uh, uh, yeah, New York. I've seen it. It's good. I don't know if I endorse it, but it's good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just it's about this woman who uh, mar- grows up uh, Orthodox Jewish, marries very young. Has has a rough time uh, in marriage and and decides to flee uh, to Germany where she has citizenship and it's just really well done and it was it was great it it's was, only it was really good five episodes I think so um, you know no huge commitment but it's the best thing I think I've seen all year so check it out unorthodox on that. well thanks for listening we'll be back next week with our final pre-election show. Oh, it can't come soon enough. Stay safe and healthy. Hey, Joe won last night, by the way. Yeah, I agree. Take care. See ya.